Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last thrower shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. back on a beautiful Wednesday, hot Wednesday in Chicago, recording this on August the 25th, shout out to my mom, happy birthday tomorrow mama, oh, we got a good show, good show, good show, good show, coming for you today, a lot of good news, NFL talk, we're two weeks and a day away. Two weeks in a day. That's it. And we'll get the Dallas Cowboys facing off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending world champions. But before we get to that NFL regular season in a couple weeks, let's start, you know, in the preseason as we're one more game left in the preseason now that we got knocked down from four to three. Some, some good headlines. Listen, you get... Josh Rosen signing with the Atlanta Falcons after A.J. McCarron went down with a season-ending injury. He's been bouncing around, I know. We got a great game from Jameis the other night, Monday Night Football against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some Cam Newton news in New England. Travis Etienne, the rookie running back in Jacksonville, out for the season. And, of course, the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy doubling down and naming Andy Dalton the week one starter. And let's go right into it. Of course, you know me. I I think this is a big mistake on Matt Nagy's part. Why waste a couple games? I know they're going up against L.A. There's a lot of pushback that, hey, let Fields sit down this game, let Dalton start, get beat up. And have Fields come in the next week. But I I don't know. If you want to win now, I I think Fields is the guy. He just adds a different dynamic to this team. And it's funny. You know the fans aren't going to be happy about it. The fans have their opinion on it. And right away, I mean, uh, this game against Buffalo, Trubisky's return, uh, you know, this is what happened. So, as you thought, Andy Dalton will continue to be out there. Again, the Bears fans are a little restless, but this is Andy Dalton's football team, and we had a long conversation with Bill Lazor, and we talked with Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace. Yeah. The crowd's booing him. They do not want him. You know, Bears drafted Fields with the 10th pick, traded up to get him. And Bears fans, restless, because how long has it been since you had a a decent quarterback. I mean, a, I, Cutler is your franchise leader, basically. It went, before him, who was somebody that really put some juice and energy into this organization and this fan base? And it's, I, I can't remember. I mean, Justin Fields is the guy. Trubisky, I mean, even when he was drafted high, and people were kind of confused with that pick. You had Deshaun Watson and 
Pat Mahomes on the board still. But the leader that this kid is, that I know he's going to be, this is what Justin Fields had to say about the fans booing. The fans are awesome uh, getting me out there, but they also have to realize, you know, Andy's a human being too. Um, Andy's out there on the field right now. So I really just think it's kind of disrespectful to Andy, uh, you know, them cheering, cheering my name out like that. And, um, you know, they have to, you know, trust in coach to, you know, make sure he's making the right decisions and, um, you know, just cheer Andy on. Like there's no, that's not helping Andy uh, play better than cheering my name. That's, that's not doing none of that. So, um, you know, uh, I would say, you know, my, my advice to them would be just cheer uh, for, for who's out there playing on the field. Look at that. The kid already knows what he has to say, says the right things. I agree with him to an extent, but it, with him saying you got to trust coach, Look at the past few seasons. Has Nagy really given the Bears fan base something to believe in? No. He's dropped the ball many times, whether it's hand-tying Trubisky and, and not opening up the playbook because you don't believe in your quarterback, which is fair. Nagy did not draft Trubisky. He, he kind of had to deal with the card he was dealt. But you have to go with Fields here over Dalton. I, I don't know how much I could stress this, but hey, Bears are going to at least start off 0-1 this year. And w when they go on and, and, and play these other teams, but and this is another thing. People want to clamor and say, well, Fields didn't look that good and Dalton looked amazing. You also have to remember that even Dalton, I mean, he was sacked twice. And if it wasn't for, you know, Adams, Rodney Adams making that great play and snatching the ball from the corner, I mean, Dalton's stats would look basically the same as Fields. And with Dalton, and Fields was getting beat up. Listen, we know this Bears offensive line is depleted. They've had to get and sign veteran help here. Guys are going down too easily. And last year, what was the biggest problem? The offensive line. No matter who your quarterback is, even if it is Justin Fields, which I think is better back there just because he's a little more mobile, he can get out of troubles and uh, out of trouble and, and out of situations. So that's why I think he's your best bet. But we saw him get clobbered out there. Justin Fields got clobbered by that Bills defense. And I know it was backups, but still. This old line is terrible, and it it hasn't it definitely doesn't seem like it's gotten better so far in this preseason. And I know they're dealing with injuries, so the Bears have a huge issue again this year with that offensive line. The defense is older, and it's not as well put together as it was when the Bears went you know thirteen and three with Trubisky and lost because of the double doink. And I know Trubisky, listen, he, he, he looked great. 24-28, 221 yards, a touchdown. He was hitting his spots. It's preseason. I want to see Trubisky put that together in a regular season. He won't get the chance this year because obviously Josh Allen's going to start. But Bears, just because he torched you up, a little motivation coming back to the Bears. You don't have your full defensive starters going up against Trubisky. He's going to look good, right? They put a game plan to where he can execute. Luckily, he could execute. And, and 
take your loss, right? He torched the Bears' defense, let him go on his way. And I, I know Tariq Owen even came out before the game. He's like, if you boo Mitch Trubisky, you're a lame and a weirdo. I would have booed him. I don't care. Bears fans are booing Andy Dalton, who's in free agency, signed a one-year deal, $10 million contract before uh, Justin Fields was even drafted, and he's getting booed. So, come on, Bears fans. What's the difference here? A guy who was less than mediocre leaves, and a guy who has been mediocre, maybe a, he's made a few pro bowlers and Andy Dalton, and then you're booing him because you got a shiny new toy that you want to see in there. So you can't have it both ways, right? You're not going to boo Mitch, but you're going to boo Andy, who's on the team and had no control over Justin Fields getting drafted. And Andy looked decent. So it's just, it's frustrating. Bears, this is why I'm not a Bears fan. I will root for him when Justin Fields gets the start. But the or, the, the fan base is just all over the place. All over the place. They don't know what to believe in, honestly. So, uh, just Bears, watch out. If Dalton gets the week one start, all right. But let's get Fields in there at least, at least get him in the week four against Detroit. Easy schedule, couple tune-up games before you play the division rival Green Bay. And wouldn't it be nice to have Justin Fields' third start be against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at home. At home. That, by all accounts, if Fields is starting, that's the NFL game of the week on Fox. I'm willing to bet. So make the right decision, Nagy. All right, we got Jameis Winston. Wow. Didn't he look good against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Monday night? And... The guy who balled out in that game, making Winston look real good, was Marquez Callaway. Two great touchdown grabs. And, and this was this is why in the offseason I've been saying Winston is the guy here, and the Saints might not really be in a rebuild and or retool. And they, they still have a great roster. But the dynamic Winston gives you over Breeze is that Winston could throw the ball downfield where Drew Breeze lacked his final couple seasons and latent seasons because the arm fatigue for Breeze, it showed. He just he can't put it downfield anymore. And with Winston, who's got a cannon, puts it on a dime, and Marquez Callaway is able to come with that first touchdown grab. And then the one in the corner... By the pylon over Shaq Griffin, who the Jags brought and who's a great corner. Marquez Callaway beats him too and makes a phenomenal grab. So Winston, he's going to be the week one starter. He's going to be the week one starter for the Saints. And I still see the Saints as a playoff team with Winston as their starter. He's going to get rid of those mistakes. Sean Payton said you're not going to get the 30 interceptions, right, that he had Tampa and we forget he still threw for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns when he threw the 30 picks. 
So I, I, I think Winston, in, in this atmosphere, in this organization, with Sean Payton as your head coach, it's the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit for the Saints. I know they got to figure out the whole Michael Thomas situation. I don't know if he still wants out or what. But if Marquez Callaway, if this is who you're going to get as a number or wide receiver three or a four, again, this offense is deep. And they have one of the best offensive lines in the league, so Winston's going to have time to let it loose. And that's scary. That's scary. So I, Tampa is probably going to run away with this division, I'm, I'm guessing. But the Saints are still going to be a, a thorn in their side. With the new dynamic uh, uh, of, Trav- uh, of Jameis Winston, whew, this offense is still going to be filthy. You got Kamara, who eats up the short passing game. And Winston, sitting behind Drew Brees, is going to be able to take what the defense gives you because he's learned. You don't always have to force it in downfield. Dump it off once in a while. Let your running back, who is just an unstoppable force after the catch, and let him take it deep. I mean, last year, one of the best plays, Drew Brees dumped it off to Kamara in the backfield. Kamara broke like four tackles and ran it all the way down for a touchdown. And that's how good he is. So, Jameis, it's going to be, I, I think he's going to be pretty dangerous this year. I'm going to call him Dangerous Winston. And, and that's in a good way. Because when he doesn't have the shot downfield, he's going to dump it off. And then Kamara's going to do the rest. And, and this, uh, this offense is still, still going to put up the points. And, and they'll be up there at the top of the league. I'm willing to bet. I want to move it over to the other 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 side of this game. Trevor Lawrence getting another start. Uh, I you know 14 of 23, not too bad, not too bad. There was a couple missed throws in there. I think uh, there was a dropped interception as well. But you just see the talent. I think it was that first rollout where he was rolling to his left. Turn his body and still put a throw on a dime to Chenault. Which these receivers for Jacksonville going underrated, it feels like. And this is without DJ Chark, right? So I, I think Jags are gonna be just fine. Trevor Lawrence is still working out the Kings. Do we have the full offensive line out there that's gonna be protecting him? But Minshew also looked decent. He's gonna be the backup. Urban Meyer could be coy all he wants. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence starting week one. But there's a lot to love about Lawrence. And I think once the real lights come on and it's regular season football, I really do think that Lawrence is going to be ready to go. He's just going to be ready to go. But bad news is that his teammate at Clemson, Travis Etienne is out with a season-ending injury. It's unfortunate. You know, he, he went out with a foot 
foot injury, and then they placed him on the IR. So, you know, it, it's that sucks. You're not going to have, I believe, is a second-round draft pick, late first round in ETN. He's not going to be out there. So, hey, listen, to me, it's not that big of a deal. He, he was more of an accessory because you already had James Robinson who tore the league up last year. But no, ETN was a sorry, 25th pick in the first round. So I mean, you're not you're going to be without your second first round pick, but you also have a running back as a rookie go over 1000 yards. You still got Carlos Hyde back there. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine in the running back room. ETN can give you a different dynamic with the catching ability. But Jags offense, I still think I think they're going to go. They're, they're already underrated in my eyes. DJ Chuck's a very nice guy, a very nice receiver, very nice. Marvin Jones Jr., big play type guy in, in Detroit with Stafford throwing to him. Big arm guy, and, and so is Lawrence. I think it's going to be a perfect fit there. And then Chenault, that's your number three receiver, and he balled out last year. It's just the tight end position. We'll see how that that plays out. I, I, they drafted Luke Farrell. They have James O'Shaughnessy and Chris Mar- uh, Mannertz. So you might need a little help there. But I still think this offensive line is going to be improved. And the defense, as long as Josh Allen's playing and, and, and Miles Jack stays healthy, Shaq Griffin's in the in the back end now too. Those are solid pieces. I know they're not going to be as good as the Saxonville days, but they have very nice pieces on that defense. So Etienne, ho- hopefully he has a speedy recovery, can be back next year in his sophomore campaign. Of course, it sucks to lose a year due to injury. Let's stay down south. Go to Georgia. The Atlanta Falcons, A.J. McCarron, season-ending injury. So the Falcons bring in the journeyman who's only been in the league for, what, four years now? This is his fifth, fourth year. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Just feels so bad for this kid. Bouncing around. I hope he gets an opportunity somewhere. I know Matt Ryan is a healthy player, doesn't get hurt, so we might not see the time here with Ryan unless he learns and and grows and the Falcons keep him on after Matt Ryan leaves. But with this offense, I would love, again, I would love to see Josh Rosen start with the receiving core the Atlanta Falcons have. I just want to see what he can do. It's The Niners would have been his best opportunity with, with the weapons they had. But, of course, Trey Lance. Miami at the time didn't have A-plus talent like Atlanta or A-talent like the Niners. And, of course, when he got drafted in Arizona, you didn't have D-Hop. Yeah, Larry, but again, past his prime. So, 
if he's got a good opportunity here, he's listed as third on the depth chart behind Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks. See what this kid do, can do. He can still spin the ball. I, it all like I've mentioned before. It all depends on his confidence. Is it is it shook? Does he still have a little fight left in him to prove himself? Because there's headlines I'm reading. The journeyman, the bust of that 2018 draft, 2017 draft, 28, no, 2018, I believe. I really just want this kid to succeed. I feel like he hasn't really gotten a fair shot. But, of course, if he's bouncing around, maybe he doesn't have the talent because teams are drafting rather than keeping him. There's something that they're seeing that I'm not seeing. I still... Would have loved to at least see Josh Rosen start behind an offensive line that could actually block for him. Because his rookie year, he was thrown to the Wolves behind one of the worst offensive lines in the league. And you see Kyler Murray, he's still running around. They go 8-8 eight and eight last year. They were, what, 6-10 and 10 in his rookie year. And I, that offensive line to me still hasn't gotten upgraded. But Josh Rosen, I would love to see if Matt Ryan plays this final preseason game just to see Josh Rosen with the ones, but Franks is probably going to get the start over him. I just want him to make the roster. I think he's good enough. I, I really do. Just hopefully we one day get to see him play some regular season football at some point. He's still young. Then a team that's also dealing with injuries in the backfield, the Los Angeles Rams have acquired Sony Michelle from the Patriots because we saw Cam Akers out for the season. Daryl Henderson had a sprained thumb Monday, uh, but he, he ended up going back to practice yesterday, so he's going to be fine. There was a little scare there that he might miss some time. But with the unproven backups in that backfield, a couple of guys who haven't had one snap in the NFL, second-year guy Xavier Jones and a rookie seventh-round pick in Jake Funk. They're there, but you kind of want a, a guy who's a little more proven, and Sony Michelle's proven. Listen, when New England didn't go by committee and Sony was the main guy, he put up some good numbers, and he's cheap. He's only on the books for a, a 1.97 mil, or 1.79 million. Not bad, right? And what did they give up? Two conditional picks? In the sixth and the seventh round. that Or fifth and sixth round, sorry. Conditional picks in the fifth and sixth round. Okay. That's not bad at all. The Rams are giving up nothing essentially for, in my eyes, a starting running back. Uh, he's very capable of starting in this league still. And you gave up nothing to get him. So there's still... Rams are running back by committee. But you have Henderson and Michelle in your backfield. That change of pace. That's why Cam Akers worked out so well with Henderson because they, you know, Henderson's the bulldoze guys and Akers is more that speedy scat back. And Michelle, I think, is this is a good pickup for the Rams as much as that pains me to say. Not a big Rams guy, of course, because they're in my Niners division, but I still think this was a brilliant move, and the Rams have shown 
in the past. They have a need, and guess what? They go out and fill it, and it's worked damn near every time, if not every time. And Michelle, this is only his fourth year, so he's not a lot of tread on those legs. In the four years, he's rushed for almost 2,300 yards and 14 touchdowns in 28 starts for the Patriots. Not a lot of tread on that tires. And again, with that running back by committee in New England, he, he didn't get a lot of touches. As you see, as some guys that are in their fourth year as well with him have almost double the touches. And we see those guys getting hurt. It'll be, it'll be, man, that Rams offense is, you think they won't be as scary, and then they go out and get a guy that can make them scary again. I think they're they're going to be up there competing for the division. Although I don't think Matt Stafford is a top 10 quarterback, I do think he is miles better than Jared Goff. And that right away, a team that was already a playoff team last year, getting better, they could be division champs this year. And that's something that I would hate to see. But I have to give them the respect because they are aggressive and they go for it. They are aggressive and they go for it, okay? That's something that some of of the other teams that are playoff contention and a couple pieces away from a Super Bowl – need to get on board with. Stop holding on to these draft picks. How many rookies come in year one and make a difference to where it puts the team over the top and make them a Super Bowl contender over a veteran who's proven and has won in this league? Now, Tristan Wirfs, last year for the Bucks, not allowing a sack, all year, that, that's a big difference maker. Blocking for Tom Brady, making sure he's staying upright. That's an example. But how many guys like that do you get? And that was an offensive lineman. That's not even a skill position player or you know a defensive lineman or a corner or anything, a linebacker. He's an offensive lineman, but he was damn near per- perfect last year. He was perfect. Didn't allow one sack. So it's just it's tough to find these guys in the draft that that'll make the immediate impact. So why not trade your first round, second round picks for a proven guy as the Rams have what the Rams haven't had a first round pick and won't have one for the next couple years. And they continue to make the playoffs and made the Super Bowl one year. Of course they're still falling short, but at least they're relevant and in contention and one of in before the season starts, one of the best teams predicted prediction wise. So I I applaud. It just sucks that they're in the same division as the Niners. Now, someone who isn't getting applause right now is Rich Paul and his firm Clutch Sports. Nerlens Noel. Now, you know, signed with the New York Knicks is suing Rich Paul and Clutch Sports, claiming he lost $58 million in a potential salary. And, and 
And and Paul represented Noel from uh, 2017 to 2020. He basically told Noel in in that 2017 free agency because he had an offer for I believe 70 million with the Dallas Mavericks, a four year deal. And Rich Paul told him, "Don't sign it. Sign a one year deal." And become an unrestricted free agent the following year, and you'll get a more lucrative deal than seventy million. Well, Noel took his advice, took the one-year qualifying offer for four point one million, but bad luck. Noel broke his thumb and missed forty-two games the next year, so his numbers dropped, and he didn't get to resign with Dallas. And then he played for Oklahoma City making the league minimum, minimum as a backup. So he kind of got screwed because he took the advice of Rich Paul. But you know what? This is just what happens. You can't predict injury. You just can't. And the way Noel was playing with Dallas when he was there, he was playing up to a contract of $70 million, which he, he was offered. Okay. And barring the injury, if he would have went out and had a the same productive year or even better, he would have gotten a better contract. Rich Paul can't predict injury. So I don't really put this on Rich Paul cuz to me it was good advice and this is kind of why NBA players take the money though to start if they haven't made a big contract. Because if they do get hurt, all that money's guaranteed, basically. So, yeah, he got screwed because he got hurt. And I don't blame him for suing Rich Paul in clutch sports. Do I think he's going to win it? Probably not. Because, again, injuries are a part of the game. And there are superstars that have gotten hurt and. Contracts were never the same for them. But he, he signed with the Knicks on a, a three-year deal. Guarantees him $27.7 million with another $4.1 million in possible incentives. His new agent is George Lang- Langberg. We'll see how that all plays out, but I really don't think that... Because a lot of agents don't like Rich Paul and how Clutch Sports has you know, gone and now they made special rules in the NBA that an agent has to have schooling because Rich Paul, I don't believe went to school for this. He's buddies with LeBron. Obviously LeBron is signed with him. And the reason Rich Paul got so big is because of LeBron on his side. So he's been able to sign some big name guys like Ben Simmons as well. We'll see. I, I do not think Noel will win this case or this lawsuit. But both parties, I think Noel has a point. And, you know, Rich Paul at the time had a valid point. This is why the NBA players do take the, the guaranteed money, the, the big contracts first, and then later down the road when they have that money security, they can take a little less and, and and take a chance on themselves. But 
we'll follow that closely. I'll keep you updated on that lawsuit as as things go by. And here we go. We're all in the second round of of COVID. This Delta variant and the NFL, who last year lost a lot of money because fans couldn't go to games, stadiums were not packed, some stadiums were empty, so you're losing money there. With the rules in place this year, if you're not vaccinated and you cause an outbreak with your team, they will be able to, you you could get uh, fined, for, or sorry, not fined, but you can forfeit game checks, forfeit games themselves. And here in New England, who you know with Bill Belichick and that organization, how by the book they are, well, cheating scandal, right? Not by the book, but with this whole COVID thing, they are now having Cam Newton be away from the facilities for five days because there was a misunderstanding, quote unquote, about the COVID protocols, the league's COVID protocols. So Cam got approval to go to a medical appointment away from NFL facilities, but he wasn't approved to be tested at that facility. So he got tested and is subject to a five-day entry cadence process before being allowed to the Patriots facility. And... When your job is on the line and you got a first-round quarterback in Mac Jones competing for the starting job against you, you want to make sure that, one, you know the protocols because one mishap, one wrong choice, now you're giving Daniel Jones all the reps with the first-team starters. And this is a big opportunity for Mac Jones, who I think, and what I saw again in game two, he looked damn good. Comfortable in the pocket. There was one play that got called back because of penalty. But he avoided a sack. He moved around, was mobile, stepped up, and completed a beautiful pass to the receiver. It was caught, but it got brought back because of penalty. But things like that, Mac Jones is sneaky, sneaky, uh, quick with the feet, and can move around. I would not have expected that from him coming out of college and just the way he looked. And then, again, in Alabama, you don't really have to be that mobile, right? You have the best offensive linemen. You have the best receivers who get open quickly. So you're able to stand like a statue in that pocket and, and not be under pressure and really have to move around a lot. But if Mac Jones is getting reps with the starting team now, and Newton, I think, isn't going to be allowed back uh, until Friday, if I'm not mistaken. But he's going to miss the opening scrimmage against the, I believe they play the New York Giants. So, Cam, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. This, is, this could cost you. Imagine if this start, costs him a starting job, which is kind of BS to me. 
these whole new COVID protocols. I, again, I'm on the stance where it's unfair to these players to have forced them to give up their game checks if, if they're the reason for an outbreak when an outbreak can still happen with vaccinations. But because of that, you the rules are in place. So as a player, it, it sucks, but you got to follow them and you got to know them especially COVID protocols, which are brand new. So it's not like you you miss them. They're given to you. You got to read the information. So in my eyes, is Cam even mentally aware? And is he even good enough in, in you know, does he even care, right? Is that somebody you want to lead your team? who isn't paying attention to the details. And here comes Mac Jones, who has looked just as good as Cam. Cam went eight for nine. And 103 yards and a touchdown against the Eagles. Don't take too much away from that. The Eagles are in a full rebuild. Their secondary is trash, even if they had their starters out there. And Mac Jones lit them up as well. But that still doesn't take away the fact that now Mac Jones, the coaches are going to see him with the starters all week. And if they're starting to see little details, because you know Bill Belichick and Josh Daniels are detail-oriented coaches, if they see Mac Jones doing the little things that Cam wasn't doing right, your job's in jeopardy, Cam. And Bill Belichick was asked, too, whether or not it's a big week for Jones, and he says it is. So Mac Jones is gunning for that starting job. He wants to prove me and everybody else who said he's a bust. And I, as much as I hated Mac Jones coming out and didn't think it would really translate because his receivers always were 10 yards open, he was the most accurate quarterback, though, which means he can place it, which I've seen it now in two preseason games in the NFL where the space between the receiver and corner is a slim margin compared to college, and he's putting the ball on the dime. So maybe he is just that accurate. And a guy like that in a New England offense, like Tom Brady, who is just accurate, and put the ball where it needed to be and didn't turn it over, Mac Jones could succeed in this league, and I'm starting to change my tune on him. Zach Wilson even this preseason looked great. I'm not quite ready to change my tune on him. We'll see. I haven't really watched his games. Trey Lance I watched. Lance, listen, I'll get into the Niners in a, in a, in a couple minutes after I'm done with this Mac Jones piece, but... Lance, again, started off rough, looked good. Justin Fields can't do anything with a bad offensive line. He was just getting beat up out there. And Trevor Lawrence didn't look as great as a Zach Wilson or Mac Jones. But, again, Mac Jones, it, it, I want to see him now start with the first team. In this next preseason game, I don't think he will. Maybe he will because Cam, if Cam misses some practices during the week, I wonder if Bill Belichick will actually sit Cam 
and, and play him with the backups just to see what Mac Jones has because he was there all week at practice. He, he, he's got the game plan down. And then you sit Cam behind him and, and really see what this kid could do. But, yeah, going to the Niner game. Jimmy, listen, a broadcaster I love watching, Colin Cowherd, came out right after on Monday and said, Jimmy G's confidence, he's lost his confidence. I don't believe that at all. It's Listen, it's preseason. The interceptions for both Lance and Jimmy G. Yes, they were a little high, but I still think the receivers should have caught both of those balls, and they were tipped interceptions. I can't put that on Jimmy. I can't put that on Lance 100%. 50-50? Yes. Other than that, though, I thought Jimmy looked fine. Uh, he really didn't throw the ball as much. So you take away, if that was a catch, he would have been four for six, okay, instead of three for six, and that changes the tune completely. That's 66% completion percentage. He hasn't thrown the ball much. And, uh, there was another play where he... Basically, had to throw the ball into the dirt because the pass rush got right into his face right away. He, he barely, he, as soon as he dropped back, he had to get rid of it. He just threw it to the dirt. I can't blame him for that. So I really don't think his confidence is shot. It's just you're seeing him with a handful of dropbacks. And how, how can you judge a guy with a handful of dropbacks? And the, and the Niners barely had the ball, it felt like, in that game. But, I mean, Trey Lance, he's got the arm. He's got the cannon. He was zipping balls in there. And another reason why I feel, I think Ayuk dropped his or it was Sanu. Either way, he zipped that ball in there, which I thought should have been caught a little high, but still should have been caught. You're an NFL receiver. You got to catch these balls. And, and it went into the arms of Asante Samuel Jr., who I would have loved to have. As a Niner. But yeah, Lance he threw two more touchdowns right on the money. Looked great. Still sacked a couple times. That's fine. But again, I don't put those interceptions on Jimmy and Lance on the on fully on them. Half of them is the receivers. Sanu, you've been in the league how long? Mohamed Sanu, you can't be dropping balls like that. Okay? So... A lot, a lot to work on still in the preseason. Of course, the, the Los Angeles Chargers quarterbacks looked better than the Niners. Easton Stick, he was balling out. He looked really good. I never even heard of this guy. And, he, yeah, he looked good. He was able to run around, too. He's got some legs on him. That one where he rolled out to the right, pump fake, pump fake, and found the receiver in the end zone. It was, that was a beautiful play. Beautiful, beautiful throw. Way to put it in the spot. But the Niners, I... Listen, Jimmy's going to be the starter. He's going to be fine. There's nothing to freak out about. Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter for the Niners. Trey Lance is going to learn and grow under him, learn from what Shanahan's teaching him. It, the future is bright for the Niners. And, again, we don't even have our best weapon on offense out there in George Kittle. We don't have are amazing running backs back there in Sermon and Mostert, which Mostert is one of the fastest guys on the field and can break a touchdown at any moment. 
So this offense is, is going to be fine in, in the regular season. I can't wait to see the full defense out there in the regular season. Week one can't come soon enough. Two weeks in a day. That's all we're at. Two weeks in a day. I feel like this has been the longest offseason that I could remember. From Super Bowl till now. It's still not regular season. I just I feel like every year I grow older, the NFL season, offseason to regular season is the longest drawn-out freaking process. But the NFL does it right. They keep us interested after the Super Bowl with free agency, draft, and all this. So the combine, it's just it's not regular season football. It's not playoff football. I want to see what I just want to see these rookies in action when it actually matters and when they actually have a full game to play and not a couple series or not knowing when you're going to be taken out. Ugh. So, and I just just found out right now, as of 40 minutes ago, it looks like Trevor Lawrence gets the nod as Jacksonville's starting QB for week one against Houston Texans. So look at that. Trevor Lawrence already won the starting job. And here's a fun little tidbit. He's been pressured on 37% of his dropbacks this preseason. That is a lot. That is a lot. But they don't have their full starters out there. And that's a good tune-up game. Listen, nothing like getting your first game against the Houston Texans, who are going to be the worst team in this league. They're not playing Deshaun Watson week one. He hasn't. He's barely been there because of the team decision. He's going too much legal stuff, but if he hasn't been in the preseason practicing, there's no way they're going to start him. So Houston Texans, they're looking to, they're looking to tank this year. Probably going to be the worst team in this league. And Trevor Lawrence putting up five touchdowns, whether that be all throwing or a couple rushing touchdowns in there too. He's going to light it up against Houston, and Jacksonville is going to look good week one. Don't forget, Houston was one of the worst Past defenses last year. So was Jacksonville. So was Minnesota. That's why that Bears stretch, I told you it was going to happen. But between the Green Bay games, they were going to look good and go 8-8 eight and eight <laughs> and make the playoffs. And Nagy's going to be here again. And look at where we're at. So that's going to be fun. Jacksonville already announcing T-Law, Trevor Lawrence, as their starting quarterback for week one against the Houston Texans. I'm all for it. He should be the starter week one. He's going to be... Best thing since Andrew Luck. I'm predicting 10 wins for the Jags this year. 10 and 7. And Andrew Luck, I believe, won 11 in his first year, which is the most by an NFL rookie. And then after that is six games. Six games for a rookie. So that's it's gonna be fun. So next week, like I mentioned last week, we're gonna do the prove me wrong, prove me right segment. Couple, throw a couple more things in there. Talk about this last preseason game. Break down and, and preview the regular season. Fantasy football. I can give you my... I'll give you my top five each position. And maybe a couple sleepers at each position. That'll be fun, right? The fantasy football, the drafts are going to be coming alive before the season starts. So why not do a little fantasy football takes on it right that'd be fun i love fantasy football i won one of my leagues last year all because of stefan diggs that was down like 
30 points, and he got me 45 last uh, last game. Champion, baby, champion. That's all we do is win. Again, that, that'll do it for me here. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the 90-degree the weather we're going to have here for the rest of the week, it seems like. You have just tuned into the final play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports, it's a way of life.